the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Glenn Beck. It's Pat and Stu and Jeffy for Glenn. Triple Eight. Seven two seven back. Yes, it's been a while, hasn't it? <laughs> it's been a while, <laughs> and with all these phone numbers to remember, I just I can't. I'm just incapable of it now. I'm too old, I think. <laughs> um, I, you were you you mentioned uh, on on the little pre-show thing that uh, the civil a uh, civil af- asset forfeiture situation, which has gotten so out of control in this country, we've talked about people who have been pulled over in Texas, and they were on their way to buy a car, and they had you know, 30 some thousand dollars with them. And the uh, law enforcement saw it, found it, took it, and they just lost it. The guy with the pizza parlor who uh, took his money to the bank every day, the cash that he made and brought and, and took it from the till to the bank. And because he was told, hey, if you deposit $10,000 in cash, they're going to flag that and they're going to, you know, look into you because it might be a drug. Uh, it might be some sort of drug deal when you're depositing that kind of money. So he always brought in under ten thousand dollars. That got it that got flagged, that. and they took it from him. <laughs> uh, they took it from the him. guy at the airport that had the receipt for the money from the bank. So because they said if you're going to travel, mm-hmm. make sure you have the receipts and proof that it's yours. Right. <laughs> nope, we're taking that. Yeah, in one case, guy got pulled over, had ninety one thousand uh, dollars. I forget what he was going to do with it. He um he was he was buying something too he was on his way uh to to make some sort of purchase um i'm trying to think because i think i have the story here but it doesn't but, but ninety one thousand dollars and they took it from him and he didn't get really, it back. i mean Never who charged. cares what he wanted to do with his money well, that's the thing i mean yeah, it's he, supposed to be america if he winds up doing something with his money that's illegal that's the time yep. you charge him with it Thank you. you don't just charge him right. for it assuming he's doing something illegal well if you've got evidence let's see it you, you know charge him with a crime yeah. but they're not doing that and um in, it's, it's cl- quite clearly the assumption of guilt rather than the assumption of innocence which is which is what our entire system is built up on. exactly in 2016 there was a guy in utah who got pulled over by the Utah Highway Patrol because he was following a vehicle too closely. So he's following too closely. Man, do I hate they search his car, and he's got a bag in it that has $500,000 in the bag. They took it from him. This was in 2016. He still hasn't been charged with crime. They don't have any evidence that it was a drug deal. Uh, but they took five, half a million dollars from him, and he's been fighting ever since to try to get it back. He went to, all the way to the Utah Supreme Court, who just ruled that they have to give it back to him. Oh, now, they still haven't. They still haven't because the feds and the state of Utah are fighting over how to divide the money. Uh, the federal government says, uh, it's ours, it's all ours. And uh, the state is trying to take some of it. So, I mean, none of it is yours. Give it right. back to the guy or charge him with a crime. Let's see the evidence. Of- and I'd be interested what caused them to actually search the car for driving too, too close on the ticket. I would, what, too. Did you? It, it, didn't, it didn't have that in the... Um- in the story you think if you're you're bringing around five hundred thousand dollars oh it says okay a drug dog alerted authorities to the presence of narcotics but none were found so there weren't any no the the money smelled like drugs that's what happens the dog smelled the money okay and the drug dog thing it can potentially have some value but first of all a dog is not evidence right yeah (laughs) like it might give you a today's world it is i know but what i'm saying is if you have it may give you the opportunity to search for evidence 
And, and you know, there's a lot of uh, stories out there about how unreliable you know drug dogs are. And they're mm-hmm. you know, I mean, they make mistakes. They're they are not right. Like they're not you know, they're it's not it's not science, right? It's just right. like you know, they they might give you an indication is about all it's worth. And you're suspicious of somebody who's carrying around five hundred thousand dollars. Because what, what, who carries around $500,000? Right. Well, I don't know, but he's an American. So if he has $500,000 and you don't have any evidence that he got it illegally. And well, again, the drug, they, dog, alone. the drug dog alerted them that there might that there was, there was possible but drugs. But then there wasn't. But then there was no drugs. Right. So, so leave him alone. Give him back his money. Send him on his way. How can, how can it still be America? When you can just have your property seized like that. And there's plenty of departments. That was the big fight with uh, when the sheriffs uh, went to D.C. and talked to Trump, right? They were all for that and because those departments are. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. using the, hey, we're stopping drugs as a good benefit to enhance income for those departments. And I'm sure it is. But you better be charging people with a crime if you're going to take their property. They, they better have gotten it illegally, whatever it is. In too many cases, you've just taken law-abiding American citizens, hard-earned, in some cases, life savings from them. That's unbelievable to me. And there are a lot of law enforcement officials who who support this really strongly. And they say, look, it makes it a lot easier to get convictions. Well, of course it does. (laughs) When you take everybody's (laughs) stuff and, uh, and then you figure it out later... You know, yeah, it's going to be easier to get convictions, and sometimes those convictions will be accurate. However, there is a presumption of innocence in our society. Uh, it's supposed to be that way. And the idea that you can just flip that upside down and say, well, we're going to take your stuff until we figure it out is completely wrong. Yeah. Completely wrong. Yeah. Uh, and then beyond unconstitutional. that, yeah, to, to take pieces of it because you think you've gone through some some efforts to check out the story like no you should be paying them I, I mean like it's closer to rational for the state to pay someone in where they have taken them into custody incorrectly uh or uh, have handled them in some wrong way than it is the other way around i mean the fact that you're taking my money mm-hmm. and then you're going to take a piece of it for your trouble mm-hmm. like, you didn't do me a service <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I, I just you know it, it's tough to say i know jeff sessions is a big proponent of this uh he's huge he's huge on this and he pushes the president actually and the president and this is one of the very few things anymore they actually agree on apparently Mm. Uh, but it's not it's just not right and it's you know while at times it feels like it would be the right thing to do and you might say to yourself well i would never bring around five hundred thousand dollars in cash are we progressives Mm-hmm. Are we are we hardcore leftists Nobody, where we say right. we get to, to tell that much around? Are we are we the people that much. get to say <laughs> to others how much of their own money they get to bring in their own car? Yeah. Is that really the position we want to take? You have to ask yourself: Is it illegal in the United States of America to carry cash with you? I mean, if it is a, a large sum, show me the, the law. Yeah, because because it's not right. It's not illegal to bring your money somewhere. If, if I want to. If if I want to carry five hundred million with me in cash, if I have that kind of money, I I should be able to. Mm-hmm. And and if I get pulled over, nobody should be able to take it from me. It's it's un-American and it's unconstitutional. And it's amazing how many people, how many politicians are in favor of it. Yeah, you know, and I I'm surprised. It's not supposed to be easy to get convictions. It's supposed to be hard. Yeah. There's a burden of proof. Right, exactly. It should be hard. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to take you I mean, think about what's happening here. You're taking constitutional rights away from someone. 
mm-hmm. right? You're taking away the the life the the right uh, to pursue happiness, right? Yeah. Um, because you're in prison, uh, you're taking away your Second Amendment rights. You'll probably never get them back if you're a felon. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a lot of things you're just ripping away. The right of free association, you're taking away. You're taking away tons of things that are constitutionally guaranteed, and of course. The Constitution does not guarantee them when you commit crimes. When you commit crimes, you lose those rights. You lose voting mm-hmm. rights. Right. Okay? So these are really important issues that should have a very high standard of proof. They should have a burden mm-hmm. that is difficult for the state to accomplish. We should be letting go some people who are guilty. We should be, every once in a while, erring on that side instead of the other. And... Of course, we all want any, someone who's guilty to go to prison and 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 deal with those consequences. I, I, you know, I've always one of the most uh, important issues to me is is law enforcement and the you know the police. Generally speaking, do an incredible job. I mean, they're a hell of a lot better in this for this society than I am. Mm-hmm. And certainly, Jeffy, obviously, uh, I mean, that didn't need to be said. No, of I, course I, I don't think. Um, but the, but you can't you, just because we want to take criminals off the streets does not mean we can reverse the constitution to make it easier we can't do that that's not something that mm-hmm. the reason the constitution is there is to protect about these uh, against these things and i'm surprised there's not more of an uprising on this because it's one of those issues you'd think mm. both the left and the right could agree private property being taken by the government right in the conservative wheelhouse yeah I, what do you mean you're taking my government yeah. with, or my like you know my money for nothing and then the left should agree with us, too. You know, they're always complaining about how the police do things that are uh, are wrong and, and taking advantage of people who they shouldn't take advantage of. I mean, there's stories from Chicago where people and there's this uh, story about a guy uh, who was in Chicago and he uh, was a, um, uh, a car repair technician. Oh, right. The and, yeah. And so he took his car uh, and gave a ride to someone who brought his car into this to a shop. Gave, you know, he'd give rides to people to work or wherever they needed to go. And while he was on the way, giving a ride to someone else, the car got pulled over for what they said was a broken taillight, and he denies. But when they, when they, they decided to take the people out of the car and search them, when they searched them, the passenger, the customer, was found with heroin. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, is he supposed to, you know, frisk every customer that comes into his office? The customer is caught with it. They take his car, impound it, and he's been fighting for years to get it back. Oh, my gosh. Not to mention, all of his tools, thousands of dollars of tools, were in the trunk of the car. And he couldn't get those back either. So he did nothing wrong, was never charged with anything wrong, was never suspected of doing anything wrong. And they took his car away for multiple years. I think it's still ongoing, at least last I checked. That's it's cost incredible. him thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Wow. More than the car was worth, he's paid to try to get the car back. Because all the tools right are in the, back of his, uh, in the back of his car. And he can't do his work without them. This is insanity. And I guarantee you they're charging him wow. to keep the car. Yeah, they are. That's, That's the absolutely. Fees. They and he can't all pay. do that. The impound fees. Yes, yeah. He can't that. work. That's perfect. So he can't get the money to pay the impound fees. And then as oh. the fee, as he doesn't pay the impound fees, they get fines on top of the fees. Yes. Agonizing. And he has to keep going back to court and hiring lawyers. <laughs> I mean, it's insanity. And there's no reason for it. The re- I, I can't understand why people just aren't up in arms over I this know. issue. I know. We should be we should be protesting in the streets on this because it it's one of the most un-American things I think I've ever seen in my lifetime. This is uh, 
this is as bad as it gets in a free society because you're, you're not free if we're if we're able to do this. There's there's no proof. There's no evidence. Uh, there's no due process. Well, it's possible. Wow, though. it's possible you did something wrong. It's, it is possible. It is possible. Right. It is so. possible. So. Lock him up. Safety first. Spend better his money. Better safe than sorry. <laughs> Throw him in prison. <laughs> no, that's not how this works. It isn't. All right. It's Pat, Stu, and Jeffy for Glenn on the Glenn Beck Program. It's Pat, Stu, and Jeffy for Glenn. Uh, 888-727-BECK. We've been talking about this uh, civil asset forfeiture situation, which um, is as unbelievable a story as I think we've had in the last... Well, ever, probably, because yeah, you can just apparently confiscate people's life savings, people's earnings, even if it's not their life savings. You can just take a, a large sum of money from them because they're carrying it around in cash and not charge them with anything in America now. That's that's a pretty sweet deal for the government. That's nice. Yeah. You know, they're looking for some new vehicles. Uh, they've got to pay the rent too. Yeah, and on the federal buildings and the local municipalities you know, are a big fan of it as well. Big, big fans. Yeah, the, yeah. The story I was talking about in Chicago was the Chicago, the city of Chicago, not the federal government. Um, but this is one of the reasons why this is such an important issue to get out in front of, is because these cities and the federal government um, are all dealing with situations where they don't have enough money anymore. Mm-hmm. And you remember how we used to talk? I mean, there's some people I know who've had. Dozens of speeding tickets and people hmm. there. Some of those really? people have speculated that perhaps the town is just going for a money grab from people driving through it. I must huh. say, I, I, I think I agree with that. Person. <laughs> yeah, I do. that person happens to be sitting right here, Pat Gray. But I mean, that's a t- common uh-huh. theory, right? You know, like, yeah, and it's true. Yes. But at least there is in many ways there is a violation there. Right. And that makes sense. Having having exceeded the posted speed limit. But when you can't get enough people to have real violations Mm -hmm. you find others because this is about paying the bills the impound stuff in chicago is all about them paying the bills they're getting aggressive on going after these people they have no leniency even when the situation is because this guy's had multiple court rulings in his favor but chicago still won't return his car or his money just how can that be yeah and how do we stop it how do you know you feel powerless and you feel like, well, call your congressional representatives. Okay, I've done that a million times. And it's just to the point where we're so beaten down, we don't think anything we do is going to matter any, anymore anyway. So it makes, it makes affecting change pretty difficult. And, and here we are in a situation where people are just getting tens of thousands, half a million, millions. I mean, they've confiscated tens of millions of dollars in the last... So in fact... Did I read a, a figure about $2 billion, I believe? But I think that includes some who are actually charged with drug offenses. Yeah, and, and, pro- and look, you know, police are good people. I think these are uh, outlier stories. I think a lot of times what they're doing uh, is pulling over people, and, and they are drug dealers, and these stories wind mm-hmm. up being true. I mean, we're obviously highlighting the ones where it doesn't seem like they are because it makes the point. But the issue is, even if it is a drug dealer, and they have $500,000 in the car. Unless you have evidence that they are a drug dealer, you mm-hmm. can't take their money. Even right. if they are Correct. a drug dealer. It's not the type of thing where you can just be like, well, I mean, he look at him. I mean, it's basically the big Lebowski. I think we just got to say he's probably mm-hmm. a drug dealer. I mean, if that happened, think of the how many times Jeffy would go to prison. People oh would gosh. look at him and just say, I, he obviously just deserves to go. Look at mm-hmm. the guy. 
And that's not the way we our can't constitution. Have that. We could not have that. No. If, if look at him was enough, Jeffy would have been put to death a long time a ago. A long time ago. He would have gotten ago. the death penalty. To death? A, long a long time ago. A long time ago. A long time ago. A long time ago. So now, fortunately for you, look at him isn't, it's, it's not the way we work in America. I mean, good. Yeah. Right. Because we all know good. there's obviously associated plenty of evidence that if, if people looked into it, they would find it. But you can't just say, look at him. That's not enough That's in the United enough. States of America. It's not supposed I mean, to be. I mean, I, d- would even, you know, would Iran even admit to that? I mean, think, I don't uh, think so. W- no, mm-hmm. they might do it all the time. Mm-hmm. But we are doing it as, a, as, a, as if it's legal, as if this is an accepted practice in the United States of America. It's incredible. Yeah. Government should never have enough power that just because you're driving down the road with a bunch of your own property, they get to take it. It's insanity. It's like it's not like close to the line. I, you know, five years ago, I would have never believed that this was possible mm-hmm. in America. Would you? I wouldn't have believed it. You could have said, you know what? Within five years, people are going to just uh, they're going to be pulled over for routine traffic stops. There's going to be cash in their car, and the authorities are just going to take it. I'm like, well, no. yeah, if they're charged with a crime, they right. might, right? Nope. They don't have to be charged. There doesn't have to be any evidence against them. If they have a large sum of money, they shouldn't, and they're just going to take it from them. Yeah, but 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 I wouldn't a have dog it. sniffed some drugs in the air. Yeah, except there weren't any. So, oh yeah, there's yeah. that. So, <laughs> I I also have another pretty amazing story that's going on, and you wouldn't think it was happening in America. Does anybody know that the TSA is having air marshals? follow Americans on their trips. For instance, if you've been to a country that the TSA suspects is is terrorist related, if there's a lot of terrorism going on there, if you've been to that country, let's say Turkey in the last little while, there's a chance that they could assign air marshals to follow you on your trips and then when you get to your destination follow you there. They've done that to over 5,000 Americans. Wow. They just assign air marshals. It's called the Quiet Skies Program. and because yeah, it's not in the skies. That's why the skies are so quiet. <laughs> and they're just, they're, w- without, w- without having evidence that, that people have done anything wrong, they're actually following them on their flights. Again, they could do Unbelievable. something wrong, though. They might. They, could. they might someday do something wrong. Uh, or they might be planning to do something wrong. But there's no evidence they've done anything wrong. Well, they bought a ticket to a country. To a to Turkey, for instance. Yeah. And it's named after a Thanksgiving dinner. Why what are you going there for? What what is that all about? I think you answered That's your question. Just stupid, right? It's Pat and Stuart Jeffy for Glenn this week. You know, when I want really insightful political commentary, the first place I go to is ESPN. That's where that's where you're going to find out what really is going on politically in this world. Don't you agree? I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that is really the hub for. For, for political discourse. It does seem to be their goal. It, it does. To be the it? hub of political discourse. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, there's rumors that they are trying to reverse that. Um, the big step that they've taken recently is blowing out uh, Jamel Hill, one of their supposed rising stars very recently. Yeah, I saw that they um, just came to some agreement with her to yeah. part. Yeah, so she started out, she was on SportsCenter, and they kind of did this thing with her as a star of SportsCenter, one of the hours, 
and they tried to really customize it for her and and her, her on-air partner and they tried to make it into a big deal it was very much you know sort of a social justice tilt on the news uh, mm-hmm. of sports mm-hmm. and that wasn't working out so well the ratings were huh. not good they spent Weird. a fortune on the show and got nothing out of it uh, and then she started tweeting constantly about how bad Trump was and how evil he was and how he was a racist and everything else and of course that pisses off half the audience at ESPN or more. So they took her off of Sports Center and tossed her over to this thing called the Undefeated, which is like a sort of like side website that only deals with like racial issues in sports. <laughs> and they were like, "Hey, why don't you go hang out over there?" <laughs> uh, and I guess even that, she's even too crazy for that world because wow. now that's not working out. Uh, they're saying so they it's amicable, finally... but it, everyone seems to uh, be speculating that uh, basically she was fired. And now, you know, likely she'll go even deeper into that world, right? She'll certainly mm-hmm. be embraced by some left-wing publication or think tank or something that has I mean, probably nothing to do with sports because of the stand she took. That's what happens to the left. They get rewarded for these mm-hmm. things. Oh, she'll go work for the New York Times. She'll be fine. That, she probably sure. will. She yeah. probably will be hired as a columnist. I mean, yeah. you can you can tweet about how you want all white people dead and get a column at the, right. at the New York Times. Uh, you know, and, and, I mean, even if you're joking, I mean, that certainly would not be allowed for for conservatives. No way. So, um, I, uh, I there are rumors that ESPN's okay. We've we've gone down this wrong road. We're seeing that people hate it. Let's try to reverse it. It's going to be tough mm-hmm. you, when you go down that road too mm-hmm. far. It's hard to reverse those things, but. You know, I, you know, at least today's news does not seem like they've made strides yet. No, not when you, not when you see uh, Tiger Woods saying, "Hey, I, I res- you got to respect the office of the presidency," because he was, I think he was being baited into bashing the president, right? Because I don't think he wanted to. No, because he, I guess he plays golf with Trump occasionally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they've been friendly. I think they over have the a years. relationship. Yeah, they're, they're, so, I don't think they're tight friends, but they're yeah. you know they're, they're acquaintances. And I don't, I don't know Tiger's political uh ideology do you no one isn't that great yeah it's fine (laughs) in fact it is great it's great i I don't want to know i just want to watch him play golf yeah and he i mean look he's he's absolutely free to express that if he wants yeah obviously but he doesn't want to he knows better right right you know everything about the guy why would you limit your fan base well he's not he's not doing that so he said you got to respect the office well max kellerman of that show. Oh, no. What is the name of that show with him and Stephen A. Smith uh, where they yell First everything they say? First take. Yeah, they, yell, <laughs> they scream everything they say, no matter what it is. That, they yell at the top of their lungs. That is true, isn't yeah. it? Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I... Really annoying. It makes you, like, cognizant of not doing that when mm-hmm. you're doing a show because <clears throat> yeah. you realize it's not... That's, no, that's really annoying. It kind of is. I, it's, <laughs> and I love Stephen A. Smith. I, he's a, I like he's a brave a. guy. Yeah. I, you know, the fact that he's still I like up, it better than Kellerman, that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, Stephen A. Smith has stood up in really difficult mm-hmm. situations, taking when, strong stands, taking strong stands, uh, many times uh, against what you would expect, yeah, uh, and you know, on race, f- supporting Republicans, and mm-hmm. you know, trying to speak, I think, truth about some of the of uh, some of the uh, issues that are out there, black white issues, and you know, he's I don't always agree with the guy, but that's what, one of the reasons why you actually listen to him is because you realize occasionally he'll say something that you don't expect. Mm-hmm. You know he'll he'll go the other way and he'll challenge his own audience and I, I that's what I love I, I want that from a host yeah me too uh, well uh, it, Kellerman took issue with Tiger Woods saying that you should respect the office here's here's what he said yesterday I want to say something about what Tiger Woods said okay now. go ahead 
I, it really bothers me. I, I don't. I am angry at what Tiger Woods said mm-hmm. because it, it is it is a thoughtless statement dressed up as a thoughtful statement, and it either holds in what? contempt the intelligence of the people who hear it, mm-hmm. or else it's just a stupid thing to say. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you what I mean. The if to say that the office, you must have respect for the office, Tiger. Be clear. Are you saying that the office therefore confers respect onto its occupant, its present temporary occupant? No. What the what the having respect for the office means principally, in my view, is the office holder should have respect for the office. That's the issue that the African-American community has always had, because obviously from an historical perspective, you know, if one third of you has a darker hue, a darker pigmentation, you know, the bottom line is you are black and it is that simple. And you, you get it. And even one third. I'm just throwing one that eighth. out there. What? One eighth. Exactly. So what I'm saying to you is that clearly you are perceived as being a black man. And even though you didn't want to dis- disassociate yourself from your mother's ethnicity, who was tired, who was tired, I believe the bottom line is, is that that's the reason why he took that position. But black Americans haven't respected that for Tiger for quite some time. Wait, they haven't what? heard Tiger speak on a plethora of issues pertaining to having a social consciousness on a many, many occasions. That issue. is something that people uh, have lamented as well. Stephen, kind of a weird discussion there, because one of them's talking about the office of the presidency <laughs> and respecting it. The other one's talking about something Tiger said a long time ago uh, or or that he's always maintained was that he was. He's mixed race. Yeah, he's not black enough. He, he, and so if you don't, I guess, ignore whatever white portion of you there is, then you're... You're not woke. Y- yeah, you're not. You're a terrible person. <sighs> well, why should he deny his uh, any of his ethnicity? I, you know, I don't understand that. I don't understand any of it, to be honest with you. I do... do I, there is... I get no part of my life, my personality, the things I do every day. I get none of it from my race. I literally never think about it at all. I mean, that's now, your uh, personally, I, that's your white privilege speaking. Well, I, know, I, I think people would legitimately yes. argue that, right? Like, if, yeah, well, they would. maybe if you're, you yeah. know, you're black, that is a bigger. It's such part, a white thing to right? say. It is a white thing to say. Mm-hmm. But, but, but I never understand. This is why I never understand things like the alt right. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't. Care. Don't care about it. I don't care about it at don't all. Don't think it's, about it's it. It's complete. Just <laughs> right. like you know, the size of your hands, or mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, whether you have acne or not, is not a, par- a characteristic that I care about. Mm-hmm. Like none of those. They're just. It's just a physical characteristic that means nothing. Mm-hmm. And who cares? And so much. So many people are so obsessed with it. I mean, it flies directly in the face of what Martin Luther King wanted. Which is what he wanted mm-hmm. people not to care. He wanted people to not care about the color of the skin, care about the content of the character. And now the enlightened left has done has instituted this way of thinking that every single decision you make, every comment you make about every story must be filtered through the lens of of uh of race or gender mm-hmm. or some other physically identifiable characteristic which is insanity sexual preference sexual preference none of that makes any difference does do you ever i i just i ne- does anybody go through their life thinking like that do you go through your life thinking wow i would like to do this but i'm going to do the reverse because of my skin color who does that it's stupid. It's a dumb way to live. Mm-hmm. And I understand why there's... Cause, because in our history, there have been real problems in this area. And the fact that it's part of your, you know, your lineage is something that obviously 
um, you know, people will consider as part of their everyday life. But the idea that Tiger, like the, the idea we can't have one person who doesn't talk about this stuff. We can't have one freaking sports celebrity who doesn't go up in front uh, in front of the nation and bash the president every five minutes. Really? We have a litany. The entire National Basketball Association seems to be set up to oppose Donald Trump. That's a, right? that's a fact. They, every, every big celebrity takes stance against this guy every day. Mm-hmm. The National Football League. There are a lot of people in the National Football League who are kneeling in the anthem, and even when they're not kneeling, saying, well, you know, Trump is wrong for getting involved in this. Can we have one guy who, by the way, is in the middle of a return from a career crisis where he should be focusing on trying to win tournaments? Can we have one guy who's not constantly talking about politics? Can we have one? Can we have one person? If you're to listen to Kellerman and Stephen A., the answer is no. No. We're no. not allowed to. They, they, they nope. can't let him just be him. Every single person of prominence must take a position on against politics. And, and uh, it has Donald to Trump. be against or yeah. you get bashed for that, too. Yep. It's not just taking a position. It's got to mm-hmm. be the right position. Yeah. Oh, absolutely it does. And, like, you know what I want is almost no one doing it. My choice is, mm-hmm. you know what? Look, I understand that people are people. And uh, why should it be that you and I should get along so awfully? I understand mm-hmm. that people are going to take stances. That's under, That makes plenty of sense, right? People are going to take their stances in their personal life. You can't stop them. You shouldn't discourage them from doing it. But as a person who wants to escape this world and nonsense every day and go to sports, which is why it exists, it doesn't have any importance outside of that, I would love to not hear about your political views all the time. People come to this stupid show nice? f- to hear political views. Yeah. Well, you don't go to the NFL or the NBA or the PGA to hear that. You go there to escape from it, to run as fast as you can away from it. It's interesting, though, that all the sports guys want to talk about politics they and all sure the politics do. guys want to talk about sports. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> maybe, maybe we just switch positions with Max and Stephen A. Maybe that's what we do. <laughs> that's a good idea, Pat. You guys, come on in. The water sucks. Yeah, let's switch shows. Come for on a day. in. Let's we'll go let's trade. Let's check it out. We'll go over there. We'll talk some sports. And you know what? What we'll do is we will not get into any of these issues. Right. We'll talk about right. you know what quarterback uh, is going to win a quarterback battle. Uh-huh. We're going to talk about we're going to mm-hmm. talk about what running back should win the position battle. There. Mm-hmm. We'll go into what the defensive changes mean for the new coordinator. Right. And the people might be bored out of their minds, but man, we'll love it. I don't know if anyone I don't know if anyone cares about the actual sports anymore. Everyone I wants do. to talk about culture. I I do. Yeah, good. College football uh, really kicks into gear in earnest this This weekend. weekend, I'm pretty excited about that. Pretty excited. And then it's the week after. It's what, two weeks from now? Yeah, two weeks from Thursday is the NFL. uh, You'll notice the Atlanta Falcons playing the defending Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles. Who's who's Malcolm Jenkins is still kneeling. He still is. But again, Uh, that's what it makes. That's another part of this. It's so funny. Malcolm Jenkins is a great player. Yeah. You know what? So mm-hmm. they don't care. 
They the, don't the Eagles care. will sit yeah. there and sit through uh, as much. You know, Eagles fans <laughs> will sit through as much kneeling as he wants to do because they want to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's you know, no, he's just resting exactly. up for the game. He's and not the, kneeling. And the same thing would happen with Colin Kaepernick <laughs> if he didn't suck. Yeah. If that's he wasn't true. a terrible quarterback, Whoa, he would have had a job a long time ago. Yeah. And people well, would and look he was past offered it. them, and we know that now. Yeah. From absolutely. several NFL teams, including the Seahawks and the Broncos, offered him quarterback positions. He turned them down. Mm. So that's on you, man. And that's they, on you. And they wanted to keep that storyline alive. They wanted oh, yeah. you to yeah. believe so badly that people yeah. wouldn't hire him because he was taking a stand on race. Oh, shut up. And they kept that alive for how long? And now that we know the other side of it, well, there's no impact. Not a peak, no. They've already got their points yeah. out of it. Yeah. Amazing. You know, it was fatiguing, though, and Jeffy and I have talked about this a, a, a couple times uh, oh. in the last couple of weeks. On what show? Uh, on Pat Gray Unleashed, oh, okay. uh, which immediately follows this one on and the Boys Jeffy's Radio on that show? Network. Every, every day. from every day. Uh, Yeah, about 1230. Second hour with chewing the fat. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, Don't we, look at me like that. We couldn't, we couldn't help but notice <laughs> you know, how fatiguing it was to continually see the NFL players during the offseason oh, and their protests on the street corners and everywhere they were. And you just couldn't get away from tiring. them and their protests and their social justice. Because, man, did we see them everywhere? We sure Except for Wade. Didn't. Uh, I didn't see them anywhere. So, and then I hear you know, how important this is to them. Well, you only want to do it on game day when nobody wants to see it. Mm-hmm. Where are you the rest of the time? You could even do it during the game, just not through the anthem, and no one would, would yep. oppose it. Yep. I mean, look, I would still disagree probably with us, your, some of your points. Yeah, because they don't know what they're talking about. Just don't do it during the freaking song, will you? Yeah. 727 back. It's Pat, Stu, and Jeffy. For Glenn, Glenn. Beck, Mercury. It's Pat, Stu, and Jeffy for Glenn this week uh stew's make, make, making a point about the uh nfl players who are, who are kneeling you don't have to kneel during the anthem in fact it might be better if you knelt some other time during the game yeah like if you were to kneel before the the whistle uh, started play before a kickoff so everyone's mm-hmm. kneeling on the field first of all ESPN so they go out there and before it. the opening kickoff mm-hmm. everybody on the field takes a knee right and then they stand up, obviously, for the kickoff and play as normal. Right. That would, I mean, that would make an impact. Now, I would, people would talk about that a lot. Yeah, and I wouldn't agree with their points still. But and it's away from the national anthem. Yeah, but that's right. the issue. That's the problem with it. Is yep. so many of them. This Isn't that is about the anthem. It is about the country. They keep saying it's not, but it is for well, many of them. Sure it, is, including the founder of this thing, Colin Kaepernick, Kaepernick right. who said himself it was about the anthem. Who said himself it was about uh, the the flag? Yeah, yeah I mean, and, and as you pointed out, you didn't see a lot of uh, of social justice warrior activity in the off season when they were all on vacation in tropical locations. No, you sure didn't. You know, I mean, that's it's. You saw it from you saw it from Carson Wentz going yeah. to uh, to help people, but he never knelt. Interesting. Glenn. Pat, Stu, and Jeffy for Glenn this week. Uh, also, stay tuned for Pat Gray Unleashed immediately following this broadcast on the Blaze Radio and TV Network. Um, we were talking about um, sports a little bit as it applies to politics and the kneeling in the NFL and Tiger Woods trying to avoid being political and getting hammered for it. Uh, you know, a, a lot of people think he's not black enough because he doesn't just claim to be black. He is mixed, and you're not supposed to talk about your your white 
portion at all. I I don't know how that's how is that not racist? How is that not a problem for anybody? If you're not supposed to talk about anything but uh being black when you're when you're part black, part white, part Asian, why why is that okay? I, I'm I'm not really sure. I I don't really I don't fully understand that, but he gets a lot of criticism for that. Because yeah. he doesn't claim to just be black. And right? this has gone on for so a long, long time in sports where, you know, even back in the, you know, when, when O.J. Simpson was uh, was playing football, he, it was a big issue in his career early on and that he was not talking out about. And that was just for not taking a stand. Yeah, he didn't take a stand. Yeah. He didn't want to come out. He didn't mm-hmm. want to be involved in it. And other players did. You know, certainly like Jim Brown was very active. Yeah. And by the way, still active, now supporting Trump. That's which amazing. Is, you know, I would have not. Oh, I no would way. not have predicted that one. <laughs> I wouldn't either. Uh, but, it, you know there's that split and and this is the thing we were talking about earlier is do we have to have everybody every single person that we see in the public eye take a position on every political issue we're obsessed with it and i guess the answer is yes Mm -hmm. it used to be a situation i think before the 2000 election where people were like we need to get more people engaged in politics we need to get people we need to rock the vote Mm-hmm. And I feel like we've gone to the complete opposite side of the spectrum now, where way too many people are engaged. People don't, don't know yes. anything about the issues yeah. or act as if it's the most important thing in their life every day. And that's not... Including 18-year-olds yeah. who don't know a thing. No. And What when, about the 16-year-olds, though? They don't know a thing. Oh, let them vote. They know less than a thing. <laughs> in fact, we need to raise the voting age ever so slightly from 18 to 35. Yeah. <laughs> But just the 17 years. We're not going to double it. Don't <laughs> no, be silly. No, no I'm not, not talking about doubling it. That would be too much. What do you think about this proposal? <laughs> that you have to be old enough to hold the office yes, to vote for it. Right? So, if so you could vote for a congressman. Is what? Th- well, she, Alexander Ocasio-Cortez 25. is 28. Yeah, so it's so, 25. So 25 and then Senate 30 and President 35. I think that I'm fine that's, with that. So you get that, as that you get a little okay more me. experience, bad. right? You get a new a new benefit at the polls. How think of how exciting it would be the you first time you get to vote for a senator. You can vote in local senator. elections uh, at 18. Yeah, right. There you go for school board or city alderman or mayor, whatever. You want to even lower that one? You could even probably do that. Yeah, I'm okay with that. If you can hold the office, you can vote for it. That's a pretty good rule of thumb, I think. That's an easy one. Yeah. If you can't, yeah. if you don't qualify. To be president, you shouldn't be voting for president. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I think it's a new platform. Now, you might get a little Party. pushback on that, but so well, be it. Notice I make that after I turn 42 <clears throat> or whatatever I am. Uh, like, mm-hmm. at that point, that, you know, I, I make that argument now. Yes. But, I mean, I, you know, <laughs> I guess when I was uh, 25, I would have been really pissed off about this. But then again, would you have? W- when did consistency start mattering in the society? And right. would you have Never. been, really, at, at 25, would you, uh, yeah, no, I can't vote for him. I can't vote in that race. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know that you'd be upset about it. A lot of 25-year-olds don't vote anyway. Right. So. Really, we've only seen one election in recent memory where, you know, the rocking of the vote uh, actually mm-hmm. occurred, which was 2008 with Barack Obama. I mean, he really did get young people out to vote more than any other. Not in 2012. Yeah. In 2012, was a pretty more normal. 2016 was pretty normal. 2004 was pretty normal. 2000 was pretty normal. Uh, 2008 was a, was a spike for Barack Obama, and you can understand that for certain reasons. Certainly, the attention that it, uh, you know, from the media was so glorifying. He was basically mm-hmm. an archangel. So you understand why people are like, yeah, you know what? <laughs> I got to vote for that guy. Yeah. 
But it, you know, it really it <laughs> winds up being is. most people who are young. Uh, it's not the focus of your life at that point. Yeah. It isn't, and we've mm-hmm. we've inserted it into everybody's life as if you have to take a uh, you know strong positions on these things before you have any of the information to make the decisions, and that's a problem, a big problem. Uh, and yeah. here's another uh, here's another sports figure jumping into the middle of politics. Lance Armstrong. He is now throwing his support behind uh, senatorial candidate Beto O'Rourke. Oh, oh, that makes me... The Irish-American uh, guy with a uh, Hispanic nickname running against Ted Cruz, an actual Latino. Which is incredible. <clears throat> it's incredible. It's, it's the weirdest thing. Like, everybody believes there's a Hispanic in the race, and it's the Irish guy. No! He's not! Anyway... Uh, Lance Armstrong sent out this uh, uh, tweet. Dear my fellow Texans, we have a choice. This guy, meaning Beto O'Rourke, or Ted Cruz. It's time for reasonable and balanced talk on all issues. We are for Beto O'Rourke. Mm, are you? No, no, we, we are, are not. not. <laughs> you know, I've I've been waiting so long to be advised by a, a manipulative, lying cheater. And now finally, finally, he stepped up to the plate and took a swing. Did we? Did was he asked, or is he doing this on no, his own? No, he's just doing this on well, his own. His just tweeted it out. Bless Wasn't that heart. big of him? Trying to be relevant. Great. That's good. Here's a guy who lied to us for I don't know twenty years, years his entire years. career, and and I made I I believed him. I did, and I defended him over and over and over. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then uh, he just beat us over the head with, nope, nah, I lied the whole time, sorry. Yeah, I destroyed anybody who tried to say that I might have been on steroids. Uh, and I just I just ruined careers and fired people and uh, belittled them and uh, embarrassed them. Eh, but don't worry about any of that. I've been lying the whole time. Yeah, I did everything I wasn't supposed to. I broke all the rules I wasn't supposed right. to, just to, just to win. Hey, but trust me, this time on Beto O'Rourke. <laughs> okay, thank you. Is it possible he's uh, actually working for the Cruz campaign? And now that would be... He's just kind of like, hey, trust me, Lance Armstrong, <laughs> Beto O'Rourke is the right choice. <laughs> that's the way you do it. You start hiring the I most... I wish that were I true. I wish that were true, oh, too. That's a great yeah. idea. You should just start is. taking all the people... That are not, are not trustworthy, that mm-hmm. no one likes. It's like you know, every and just have them all mm-hmm. run around Texas and campaign for Beto <laughs> and Charlie Sheen, uh, like any you know criminals. Everybody who's been discredited. Right, I like that. That's yeah, I sm- like it. That's smart. That's smart baseball, right? Did there. you see the poll that came out yesterday from Emerson that had uh, Ted up by one point? Wow. in this race, one. That is amazing. I don't know that I buy it. Now, well, I it, it's interesting because uh, I saw kind of a breakdown of this. It was uh, they ha- they surveyed 550 uh, voters, but they were registered voters, not likely voters. Okay, and that they usually favors Democrats. It. Yeah, that yeah. taints it a little bit. And I do kind of buy Glenn's analogy on this uh, on this race, where when when you get in, you know, for right now, when asked. You know, about Cruz. This is a way for uh, Cruz fans that work Ted Cruz fans to be able to say, you know, Ted, we're still mad at you a little bit. Yeah. Still, Could be when that. You get in the Could booth, be some of that. When you get in the booth, you're still going to vote for him. I, I don't see I don't see the race being close after the election. You know, I think I think the votes Ted will win by quite a bit. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting. I 
I think it's going to be fairly close. I think you're right. I, you know, the issue with it Cruz, should be a blowout. It I mean, should be. It's, it's by it's rights, Texas. it should be a, it's a blowout. Yeah. Uh, you know, with Cruz has a, a situation uh, which is interesting in that I think he's he's done a pretty good job as a senator. I mean, yeah, I think he's been, he has. He's been pretty consistently conservative. Mm-hmm. I like his voting record quite a bit. There's very few stances that he's taken that I, that I I don't like. But again, the, politics is no longer related to policy. All the things that we've talked about all mm-hmm. these years really don't affect the general. I mean, they affect people listening to the show right now because that's what they care about. But the average person, it's all about feelings and emotion. And for with Cruz, he has a, a weird. Obviously, no one on the left likes him. So, and everyone's excited about uh, Beto here in Texas. But on the other side of it is you have people who loved Trump from the beginning, who. Uh, who were pissed off at Cruz because they obviously fought in the primaries and then he didn't endorse him at the at the convention and they've never really forgiven him. Mm-hmm. So while they might get in there, and, and again, those people made arguments to us the entire time about it being a binary choice. I assume when they go back in there, they're going to see a binary choice and pick Cruz. Right. Right. But that doesn't mean they're not pissed off about it. Yeah. So they might be pissed off that he took yes. that stand that time. On the other side, the people who are not Trump uh, friendly, who loved Cruz at the beginning, were annoyed at the way he handled Absolutely. his endorsement. Mm-hmm. And those people are like, well, it seems like you've kind of just become every other senator in Washington that does nothing but kiss the administration's butt. Mm-hmm. And so those people aren't too passionate about uh, it either. But the vast majority of those people will also go in there and see it as a binary choice and pick them. So I think in mm-hmm. the end, he probably wins the race. Uh, and it's probably a five-point five type of margin. But it's got, it's closer than it should be, especially for Cruz's record. I mean, his record is good. His yeah, it, record is really, really good. good. He, it's I mean, really good. He's done very little incorrect on policy. Yeah. And oh. and for anybody who's still pissed off about the Trump thing, either way, it's time to get over that. Yeah. And realize it's ancient history. He's being out outraised fundraisers two to one by Beto O'Rourke. It's amazing. Two to one, because all of this out-of-state money is pouring in from California and New York and probably Cuba and China, and who knows (laughs) where this socialist money is coming from. But uh, it's a there's a lot of it for Beto. He's a for some reason he's a superstar right now. I don't even understand it. They're seeing him as the new Obama. Yeah, they are. He's he's young. He's He's a white guy. They're dying for somebody new who's not Hispanic. By the way, (laughs) they're dying for somebody new who's Hispanic from Texas, and he's not Hispanic. By the way, Uh, it's interesting because they had this huge article on him. Um, oh, they followed him around. The other they, day, they, they followed oh, they, him around. They have followed that guy around and treated him. They came to mm-hmm. Texas and followed Beto around on his little run, march, phone call thing with him for days and then went back to New York and called Ted Cruz. Um, uh-huh. Well, maybe you, I don't know, maybe you're in Texas, maybe you stop by. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I saw a huge, huge article on him uh, on some website. It, it was It was like the eighth paragraph. Before it finally said, "Oh, this was the article. Oh, the this was the article that claimed that he is uh, providing his rise in Texas is providing hope for Hispanics." <laughs> what? Why? 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 Shouldn't, so it was the, 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 the Hispanic in the racist Cruz, right? Exactly, and he's the one who should be providing hope to hmm. Hispanics. 
However, it was the eighth paragraph in the story before it said, though not Hispanic. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Uh, Well, you know, look, Beto, he's, you know, a young guy. He's generally, you know, seemingly well-spoken. He's had his moments uh, that the left has really liked. This whole kneeling at football games, he gave a response to that. really a bad response. It was also a gift to Ted Cruz. I mean, the fact that he's becoming famous as the guy who doesn't like the flag is probably a really good development for Cruz. I think so. Um, Although it's helping the fundraiser efforts of Beto quite a bit mm-hmm. uh, but I you know I went to a, a birthday party with my son this weekend in one of his you know friend's house and we were uh, as I was pulling up to the house I saw a Ted Cruz sign and I realized it's the first one I've seen yeah that's I have the literally yeah. that is the first Ted Cruz sign I have seen the yeah. entire I have time still I've seen, seen a couple bumper stickers now we mock Beto's signage all the time that we've right. had 25 I sightings. saw a new one in my neighborhood this weekend so there's Did two you? Okay, so I've got two in my neighborhood as well. I, and I've seen zero Ted Cruz signage. But I, I chalk that up I, to he's already there. He's the known quantity. You know, he's not the new guy. He's plus, not the plus, exciting plus I new want thing. Ted Cruz. I'm not going to put a sign in my Right, yard. exactly. I'm not doing it. Right. Yeah, no. But still, uh, there usually is, I think, candidates from both sides. Now, the passion seems to be behind Beto O'Rourke, but, mm-hmm. you know, a passion of a much smaller amount of people. But Hopefully. the reason why they are making this into a big deal is, is if they can turn this state blue, it's over. It's over yeah. forever. Mm-hmm. If you can keep, if Texas is blue, every national election will go to Democrats. We have not. <laughs> That's about a, how important it is. We've not elected a Democrat senator in 30 years. So. It's just too many. Our big cities our, have, though. It's our only store of big time electoral votes that we can depend on. Yeah. When it comes to the presidential election, Texas is it. I mean, you, Florida, you can get sometimes. Sometimes you can't get it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's other. There, you can't get California. You can't get New York. You know, you can get some, you know, mid to larger states. Uh, but, you know, I mean, even states like Georgia are trending the wrong direction. But for a lot of electorals, it's Texas. It's Texas. You that's have it. to have Texas. Have to. Yeah. Uh, you lose that, yeah. and what are you gonna? You're gonna have to pick up ten left wing states. Wow! It's 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 you can't do it. Uh, it's almost impossible. And if uh, now Cruz losing this race does not mean that they lose the presidential. You know the presidential race goes away. But if they can get this state to think, hey, it's okay. It's you know maybe I should vote for a Democrat this time. Nope. That you know the the electoral. Uh, future of the Republican Party is bleak. Uh, again, I, I agree That's with true. you, but you know our big cities have all turned that way. Well, yeah, I mean we've, it's been that way for yeah. a while, though. Yeah, triple eight seven two seven B E C K. It's Pat Stu and Jeffy for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. It's Pat Stu and Jeffy for Glenn this week. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. David in Texas, you're on the Glenn Beck show. Hi. Hey, how's it going? Good. I was I was calling in earlier. I was heard y'all talking about Tiger Woods, and, and uh, I've heard a lot of what you've talked about since then. The growing up in in communities like like mine, uh, I'm I'm a Hispanic, half Hispanic, half white, but I grew up in predominantly Hispanic and black neighborhood. And there is a there's an expectation almost that where if you uh, if you're mixed race or something, if you're half Hispanic or half black, you know it's like, hey, what do you claim? And you know it's it's like an expectation to like disown your mm. your white parent. Wow! And going you know going through that you, I, I don't think it's as bad as it 
once was. I'm 34 years old, so I don't think it's as bad as it was maybe 10 years ago. But mm-hmm. growing, you know, coming, I think it was in 2008, I was going to vote for Barack Obama. I, I was registered to vote by Democrats uh, that I knew nothing about politics whatsoever. And they were just like, hey, you got to vote for this guy. And here he sounds real good. And if it wasn't for the Tea Party, like protesting in downtown Waco, I never would have had a different a different perspective shown to me. And but because of that, um, you know, I started learning and actually started watching Glenn when he was on Fox. And, you know, Glenn's show really kind of showed, you know, it, it I helped me learn a lot more about the history, where the nation comes from what you know what what it what's what's to the united states of america and and so that uh, you got to be bold enough to speak up and say hey you know i'm not going to disown my mother just because you know you expect me to be this purist or something but it absolutely is racism yeah and you should you shouldn't have to disown your mother why 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 would anybody expect you to do that it's it's outrageous that uh that's the expectation i i don't even Seriously, I don't understand that. How how did we get to a place where um, you expect people who are half white, half black to just say, yeah, I'm all black, or half white, half Hispanic to say, yeah, I'm all Hispanic? Well, what about your other parent? You just you just ignore them? You just forgot about them? They don't exist? That's certainly what we saw with Barack Thanks, Obama, David. right? I mean, uh, you know, it's you exactly would, what we saw with him. You, yeah. If you noted that he happened to be mixed race, you would... Uh, oh, that's racist. That's racist. He's, no. How? Again, like, I, I, it's not an important thing to discuss, per se, but I mean... Was to the him. The left is constantly bringing it up. Barack Obama was constantly, constantly brought bringing it up. up. He was, you know, it, there's an, an obsession with race in mm-hmm. this country an obsession everyone's mm-hmm. like oh we need to have a conversation about race the last That's, thing we need is another freaking conversation about race it's all we've been talking all, about it's all we talk about ending. all the time Jeez. when do we got to have a conversation when haven't we had the conversation yeah i mean it's it's just ridiculous and it, it's yeah. never ending we do not need another conversation about it people should just get over it and realize that you know there's other more important things about a person period You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Pat Stewart, Jeffy, for Glenn this week. A lot of people uh, outraged about the the president um, and his response to the death of John McCain. The left, who cherished, oh God, cherished John McCain. They've always loved him. Oh, my. Do you remember during 2008 when oh, they supported him so strongly against so Barack strong, Obama? Right? They just loved him. And they wanted him to win, and they, they tried to help, but they, they I couldn't quite get him across the finish line. <laughs> yeah, by calling him um, one of the biggest racists in the world, yeah. uh, lying about how he wanted to stay in Iraq for 100, 100 years, mm-hmm. uh, uh, basically saying he was one of the most evil people ever bo- uh, born mm-hmm. um, and grew up to be even more evil than expected. And by the way, he might not even be uh, eligible for office. Yeah. He was right. born in Panama, yep. this guy. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, it was they who brought that up. Yeah, he wasn't even <laughs> born in America. And then he we chose Sarah Palin to be the vice presidential candidate. It shows <sighs> nothing how worse could have ever happened. Is. What a horrible, horrible person to to have chosen Sarah Palin, because what an extremist. And we said this at the time. I mean, this goes back years and years and years now. But it was it, the point is, John McCain loves the media, 
Mm-hmm. And he kissed the butt of the media for decades. Yep. And kept saying, "Go on, t- go on MSNBC all the time and say how bad the uh, the Republicans were." And he explained it. He'd be that mm-hmm. maverick. And I think mm-hmm. he legitimately expected talk radio the media to say, "You know what? Here's that one rational Republican, and we're not going to bash him." The but second nope. he was running for president, they all turned the on him. The second he got the nomination, yep, they it all, was over. They all turned on him. They trashed him constantly until yeah. he conceded. When he conceded the race from that moment forward, now he's largely again. been praised. Yeah. In fact, when they've been doing Because he's a maverick. Yeah, he's right. a maverick. When they've been doing these retrospectives on him, what the, the things mm-hmm. they've been citing are his... The biggest thing they cite is his concession speech to a Barack Obama because he basically said, hey, we should come together and it's still, you know, even though I lost, it's still our president. Which again, is a, is a, is a good sentiment and it's a sentiment that everybody says. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, the only... You know, again, like Trump kind of turned that one upside down. He's <laughs> basically saying that if he lost, he might have problems with it. Uh, but he didn't lose. <laughs> so we haven't seen anybody do, do anything other than that. Mm-hmm. Right? Even Hillary Clinton... Came out after the election was like, look, you know, this is we have a uh, we you know we have peaceful transfers of power, right? I mean, you know, she's been obviously terrible on many other issues, but that's a pretty basic one for a, a politician in the United States. Mm-hmm. And so they so they went with that, and they said that was tremendous. They said when a, a, a someone in a town at a town hall called Barack Obama an Arab. He said, no, he's not. He's a good person. We just disagree. They keep playing that one over again. Again, that's a good sentiment. He's obviously correct on that one. He was right, and it was a good thing to call out. But, I mean, the guy has been in in, in office for 40 years. The moments you're picking are all moments that he just agrees with the Democrats. Right, and the the talk radio thing. And the talk radio thing is the third one. Yeah. Yeah. He bashed talk radio and said it was, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, don't listen to these people. Oh, my gosh. And they loved that. that. Loved it. Yeah, of course they love it. When a Republican agrees with a Democrat... He's just a Democrat, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. I, just because you have an R after your name yes. and you say thing again, and this is not every vote of John McCain's. I mean, you can go back and find I mean, he voted with President Trump over 83 percent of the time. This is not a guy who was uh, mm. constantly opposing him. He was with him on most issues. And if you look at back at the issues he voted against Trump on, it's stuff like raising the def- debt limit. And we all remember the health care thing, which was an issue. It shouldn't healthcare be. was was probably the biggest. The biggest one. However, you can't overblow that one. There was almost no mm-hmm. chance of that succeeding. It was a Hail Mary pass. And you know what? You don't when you're when you're down by four points in, in the last seconds of a football game, you don't take a knee, which is essentially what McCain did, as opposed to throwing into the end zone. But the chance of success was mm-hmm. was so low on that because and um, we can go back and rehash the whole healthcare thing, but you, if you remember correctly, it was the skinny repeal, and it was it was basically an empty shell bill that they had to build afterwards with the house. They right. they weren't even close to agreeing on what was supposed to go into it. There was almost no chance of that succeeding. I would have really liked if he voted yes, and then we gave it a chance. Mm-hmm. But there was almost no chance of I'm that glad, succeeding. I'm glad you got to that point because you better not be saying anything bad about John McCain. I'm not, my friend. <laughs> I'm not. But how about the Iraq? How about the surge? Right. He strongly supported the surge in Iraq. Did he get any breaks from the media on that one? Nope. Nope. No. He was trashed constantly. We talked about the hundred years quote where he's going to stay in Iraq for a hundred years. They made him look insane. Yeah, right. Right. He was not saying that at all. And they pinned the economy, the bad economy on him. Yeah. When it wasn't him. Nope. That wasn't his deal. That's right. So... This new outrage, because Trump didn't say enough, didn't say the right things, lowered the flag, then raised it back up, and now they're so angry. Uh, it was interesting to watch Brooke Baldwin, who you know she just absolutely oh. 
admired and loved oh, of uh, course john mccain you know she did on on cnn uh she was outraged you know just i think to watch the president mm-hmm. you know i saw the flag pictures this morning from the white house but to, to watch the president with president kenyatta of kenya mm-hmm. twice you know not saying anything anything about this hero this lion of a man lion of a man oh my god oh my gosh so, it's despicable it's despicable. Well, uh, okay, is, is are that, you are you a news person? Are you a journalist? This? Yeah. What the? Where's the objectivity here at all? It's despicable. Wow. Uh, now you can say that as an opinion person. Is yeah. that maybe Brooke Baldwin is that? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't, don't know, know that much about is. her. But I, I mean, mean, is that something that should be on CNN? You're calling the president despicable. Is that really something you should be doing well, on and, CNN? And Tom Brokaw said something very similar: despicable, disgusting, something to that effect. Uh, I mean, they're all just breaking down and letting it go. What? No, I was just waiting for Tom Brokaw. No, I was just, there was no Tom Brokaw coming. How is possible we mentioned Tom Brokaw? Well, there were no L's in what he said. Okay. So So there's uh, no impression. If he would have said despicable, it would have been despicable. (laughs) But I think he said disgusting, so it didn't really work. It's just a... It's so fake, right? It's it's it, so it's the the, the, fake outrage. It's just yes. a fake outrage, and that's the mm-hmm. big thing. I mean, that's what Glenn's new book is about. Right? It's about you know the addiction to outrage, and you see this all the time on the left. I would we should get a, a hashtag going, uh, you know, addicted to outrage, and send us your examples of the left freaking out over nothing. I mean, we I have a stack of them here. Uh, you know, uh, a guy who was the president of the Humanist Students. Uh, association. Love that association. Um, he has mm-hmm. to. He is resigned. Why? Because he retweeted this. The following tweet: "RT, if women don't have penises, <laughs> <laughs> if you agree with the idea that women do not have retweet. penises, uh-huh. retweet that. You should retweet that. Because of that tweet, he had to resign. What? Um, wow. From men are now paid. What? Yeah, I know." Again, I would like, and it's have, a humanist guy. I right. mean, no, none of us would agree with him on anything, I'm except sure. for the fact that the women, women don't have penises. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. So, on some of Jeffy's I mean, sites, they do, but that's a totally different, <laughs> totally different situation. And again, like if you find stories like this, send them to us. Oh, Tweet man. them uh, at World of Sue at Glenn Beck. But use the hashtag addicted, addicted to outrage because I want to make a huge collection of these. So where do you send them? Um, you can go on just Twitter, hashtag. just hashtag okay. addicted to outrage. All right. Uh, how about this? Uh, people paying, men are paying $895 at a male feminism camp to cope with their own toxicity. Oh, gosh. This is our world. It's really bad. Um, uh, professors get $248,000 uh, in a grant to study gender microaggressions. <laughs> a university <laughs> has banned snowball fights and water guns. You can't have that. These, like, How many people have been killed I've in snowball fights gosh. over the years? Well, the water gun fights? I will say, I saw the documentary oh, Elf, and it did look dangerous it did. Uh, in I that mean, particular film. People got pummeled. Pummeled mm-hmm. uh, at long distances. Um, but again, <laughs> these things are all over the place. Progressives are constantly jumping down uh, these roads because they want they want to pull you over. They feel like they, if they, they can intimidate you into silence if mm-hmm. everything you do you have to feel bad for. So then you just mm-hmm. don't do anything. And that's a terrible way to go. So let's if you have any of these stories, uh, hashtag addicted to outrage on Twitter. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, by the way, at World of Stew, at Pat Unleashed, at Jeffy MRA. Thank you. Uh, and I, I would love to go through because these things pop up 
all the time. Yeah, they do. Every day you mm-hmm. can find a batch of stories where people have to deal with something. This is, you know, uh, going back to the issue where, you know, Santa Claus is on the town square and people get all freaked out about it. There's not a real outrage there. Everyone knows there's not a real outrage there, but we fake it. We act as if something terrible's happened to, I don't know, make us feel alive. I don't know if we're, maybe society, maybe we, our lives are so cushy now that we can all find food and we have shelter and the temperature's 72 degrees every day that we can't find anything real to freak out about. But there's plenty in the world to freak out about that's real. You know, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. Christians are being killed all over the Middle East. You know, Muslims are being put into death camps in China as we speak. North Korea. We've talked- Only a million, though. Only a million. A I million mean, that's Muslims. a small percentage of all the people <laughs> in is. China. Granted. I mean, that's not very many when you think about it. Right. Uh, Out of 1.4 billion? Yeah. That's I mean, less than 1%. They're not, nobody's okay. ever going to notice it. No, you're not even going to notice. Scary things are approaching in South Africa. Uh, for example, another big one. Right. Uh, you know, there's right. there's stuff all over the world. Say what you will about that, too, by the way, on the South African yeah, front. Sure. That that there isn't any genocide happening. And we acknowledge, yeah, that there doesn't seem to be evidence of that. But there is. It's a fact that they are changing their constitution yeah. so that they can confiscate white farmers farms without compensation and the hatred That's is fact. brewing i mean it's and the hatred is brewing yeah no so doubt. it is definitely something to keep an eye on it may not be an out of control situation but that's pretty it's a troubling one yeah I when you're going to take people's farms without any compensation the really uh, uh, uh understandable confusion here obviously other than the fact that it's difficult to cover these stories in, in these in these areas mm-hmm. is that just the general crime rate is so bad in South Africa. It's one, it has one of the top five or ten murder rates in the in the world, yeah. and it's not all white farmers getting killed. No, it's everybody getting killed everywhere. Yeah, yeah blacks. Uh, it's not whites. just the rural areas. It's it's urban areas. It's a really bad mm-hmm. situation that they cannot seem to control. Johannesburg is not a safe town. No, I mean, it really, it's 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 not. And so, if, I would really encourage you to go to if you go to the Blaze and listen, uh, read Leon Wolf's uh, column about this as he goes over all of the sort of different arguments and points about this because there's a lot of people out there with you know sort of agendas pushing one side of the argument or another the media right mm-hmm. now is pushing ah, nothing. what are you talking about south africa i think everything's perfect there it's basically beverly hills mm-hmm. and you know the all sort of right people are saying you know it's white genocide all over the place neither when, are true right when you look at it you see a lot of nuance in there and he explains it really well we, we did a, a segment as well earlier this week if you want to go on the podcast you can hear uh, that as well um or actually it was last week with glenn uh he did it it's just important to, to understand where these claims are coming from and what they mean. Because, look, there are real there's real violence going on there. It's just oddly more like general violence. Mm-hmm. And so and white farmers have been the subject of that violence, but not exclusively and not at a real high rate as relative to the rest of the population. Um, Although and, if, if it happened to your family, it's pretty high rate. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> you're thinking it's is. pretty bad. It's yeah. not nothing. And I, I think the if media. If your father got killed in front of, uh, you know, a five-year-old uh, girl, and that apparently happened, uh, according to documentarians, uh, that's a pretty high rate for that oh family. Oh, God. I mean, it's devastating. Yeah. Um, and this is a problem with the media in that because Donald Trump, I guess, tweeted about it. Now they have to be against whatever he tweeted. Right. So what he tweeted was it was bad there and he mm-hmm. wants to look into it. And actually, you know, kind of as you pointed out on, on the news and why it matters the other day, Pat, you know, he basically just said, we want to look into it. We yeah. want to see what's going on there. And that's a right. totally that's what he should be doing. <laughs> right. Uh, right. Like well, you should get more information. Um, but 
people, the media is now dismissing it because they want to make him look bad. In reality, there's a really big problem going on there. Huge crime problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, the government is preparing to take land from uh, people who uh, some of some people who have owned it for a really long time. In some, some cases, four hundred years. Right? Yeah. Some who have come upon it more recently, and that's where I think you know the disagreement comes. Mm-hmm. But the issue here, I think, is 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 interesting in that you have outrage on both sides. You have complete outrage on both sides. You have people who are saying it's, you know, they're going to wipe out every white person there. And you have people who say nothing's going on and they're outraged at the president for tweeting about it. And in the middle, and not in the middle politically, in the middle of two people groups of outrage are a bunch of people saying, I would really like to know the facts. In this particular case, it seems like Trump is one of those people mm-hmm. where he's saying like, let's, I'm going to look into it. I want to look into this. This looks Study important. Study it. Um, so that reasonable. is yeah, it's reasonable. It's, it's a it's a reasonable approach. He didn't call it genocide. He he said, I have asked my uh, secretary to look into this. Yeah. OK, we well, should. Thank that, you. That's ridiculous. We should because there hasn't no. been a lot of good reporting on it. Right. You know, it's only been recent that people have actually looked into this with any any sort of, uh, you know, uh, resources. Well, they, I mean, that's not the, the Brick Baldwin's of the world, though. Right. He says something. It's wrong. He doesn't mm-hmm. say something. It's wrong. Yep. Okay, I got it. Thanks, bro. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. It's Pat Stu and Jeffy for Glenn this week. It's Pat Stu and Jeffy for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. Did you see the list of uh, people that are going to be participating in John McCain's funeral? It's a pretty diverse group of of people. Uh, Warren Beatty. I guess is a close friend. Hmm. Uh, Joe Biden, Gary Hart, Phil Graham, Russ Feingold, um, Henry Kissinger, Barack Obama, George W. Bush will be there. Lindsey Graham, Joe Lieberman, Michael Bloomberg. It's a diverse group. It is. Yeah. He he got along with a diverse group of people. Well, the Maverick. Yeah, he was definitely a Maverick. Yes. Glenn Beck. Pat, Stu, and Jeffy for Glenn this week. Uh, you know the main the main story on uh, on this latest Catholic scandal. The, the the main telling of the story seems to be how could they let it happen again? How could this have happened all over again after what happened in two thousand two? They didn't clean their house. They didn't get this mess fixed. They they did nothing essentially that's that seems to be the narrative yeah and i've seen so many you know catholics who are like look i i stuck with the church after the last time in 2002 even though it was really hard and i really hated what i what i knew happened mm-hmm. uh, but i'm and this time i can't do it i'm i'm mm-hmm. done defending them you know this is this is this is unacceptable and i think that's an understandable instinct honestly uh, by the way based that, on the way it's been presented yeah yeah. So the if you don't know the story was from Pennsylvania where they showed uh, in excruciating detail that 300 priests abused a thousand children over 70 um, years. Oh my gosh, awful. Um, so has the coverage actually been accurate about the story? Because it's uncomfortable to kind of talk about it because you don't want to seem like you're like excusing any abuse and there's no excuse for it. It's all mm-hmm. all horrible. In some ways, the coverage has actually been too generous. For example, the number of thousand children is. A hundred percent. We're a hundred percent sure that's too low. Um, first of all, the report only dealt with fifty-four of the sixty-seven counties. So there's thirteen counties in Pennsylvania they didn't even look at. 
So we know there's more kids. They also said they believe the real number of children who, uh, whose records were lost or who were afraid to come forward is in the thousands. So they think the numbers are much worse. Mm-hmm. But the question is, what what do we learn from this scandal? Yeah, uh, and how, we, how did the Catholic Church not learn from the scandal right. when it hit in 2002? How what did they we, not fix this? So what did we know before? We knew that it was really bad. We knew that a lo- way too many priests were doing terrible, terrible things. We knew that the church handled it horribly for many, many years. And then in 2002, uh, the Boston Globe and others report on the abuse cycle and all you know the details. They break the story. This turns into the huge scandal. And uh, we all know about that. They make a movie about it. You know, Spotlight. It wins Best Picture because that's what happens when you make movies about how evil the church is and how good journalists are. You win Best Picture. (laughs) That's what happens. I love the fact that that movie came out in 2015. That's tremendous. 2015, two years before Chappaquiddick comes out. Like, Ted Kennedy died of old age. It took him so long to make a movie about that. Well, that's why. That's, I think they yeah. waited till Kennedy yeah, was gone. I, I think that. you're right. I mean, Kate Mara, who played Mary Jo Kopechny, wasn't born until 14 years after the incident. 14 years mm. later, she was born, and she grew up to be the exact right age to play Mary Jo Kopechny. Wow. Uh, where, you know, Spotlight happens in 2002. In 2015, they're making an, you know a big movie about it. And that was, I feel like they waited a long time. It was yeah. actually restraint there before they actually made it. Um, so they, uh, the movie comes out, everyone knows about that and you know, it's not possible to overstate how bad the scandal was. It really was horrific. Oh my gosh. And what the church did to cover it up and how they was horrific in every way. Uh, the church though wants us to believe now that, you know, since 2002, they've turned it around. They've, they've changed the way they do things. They've addressed these issues as much as they can. And you know, things have changed. So does this report blow that narrative up? Because that's certainly imp- the impression that I got when, sure I, when I heard the coverage. And of it. It, that was the narrative we all thought because they, everyone was talking about that's the, that has been the culture in the Catholic Church. Yep. It's still the yeah. culture in the Catholic Church. Nothing's been done. Nothing's been done. I mean, to, to put a fine point on this, listen to Chuck Todd reporting about this scandal. What's happening in the Catholic Church Uh, this week out of Pennsylvania is something that is going to have reverberations here. Pennsylvania Grand Jury Report released this week identified more than a thousand child victims of more than 300 abusive Catholic priests across the state. That's just one state of Pennsylvania. This is in 2018. Never mind what we thought they made movies about in 2002 and things like that. Okay, so quite clearly is saying that this is a new allegation. It's not the 2002 thing. This is 2018, folks. Mm-hmm. This is different. So I went through the you know 900-page report, and it's incredibly <laughs> extensive. Okay, the one of the first things you notice when you're reading the report is it's going to be really hard to punish the priests involved in it because a lot of them are dead. Almost, I mean, a high percentage of them are dead and well, the, the, so the priests that were doing it this year in 2018 like chuck Todd noted they all died already how did they all die how they died? did the so catholic what church happened? adopt the death penalty <laughs> did they Maybe kill they them? did mm-hmm. no they did not <laughs> the reason why a lot of the priests in the report are dead is because the report is filled with a lot of really old stuff 
Wow. It's very detailed. So this isn't new stuff. This is not new stuff, as Chuck Todd just told you. Wow. It's, it's none of this, none of what we're hearing is new. Highly de- I mean, look, it's very highly detailed. That's new. The details of what they did, how they abused these kids, those things are new and necessary. I'm glad that that exists, and I'm glad the, the, the grand jury did that report. But these are not new but instances of they abuse? They did not happen uh, after the initial scandal. Wow. Um, if you look wow. at... That's unbelievable. You go through um, all of the, uh, the dates and, and, and try to figure out uh, you know what dates they were. You're looking at you know, 1970s, 1980s, 85, 81, 78, 66. Uh, you know there are uh, in, there are two allegations in there from 1948 and 1945. I and mean, 45. You know Hitler's still chancellor, and yeah. this abuse is going on. Wow. There, uh, there is uh, you know one priest from 1950 abused someone and died in 1968. Now, that does not mean the abuse is not important. It doesn't right. mean that we shouldn't cover it. it. We should. But let's. this is completely misleading. A lot of Catholics are looking at this and saying, wait a minute. These are the all church said they were going to change this. Yeah. Now, I mean, I went through as, you know, as much pedophile accusations as I could possibly stomach to try to find something that happened recently. There was one accusation from 2006 uh, mm. that happened. However, the priest was not actually actively a priest but was receiving retirement benefits. So that that's on there. There is one other case where a uh, a priest was uh, caught with child pornography in 2007 or 2004, excuse me. Um he was dismissed from the church uh, a couple of years later. He was also uh you know uh, accused and uh, likely embezzled money from the church and I don't think there's anyone who's saying that the Catholic Church doesn't care about embezzling money. Certainly the detractors would not fight that. And the report actually states that uh, the all, almost all of it is before the early 2000s. Uh, we know the bulk of the discussion in the report concerns events that occurred before the early 2000s. That is simply because the bulk of the material we received from the diocese concerned those events. And while they can't rule out anything from the more recent past, they acknowledge things have improved noticeably. They write, we recognize that much has changed over the last 15 years. We agreed to hear from each of the six dioceses we investigated so that they could inform us about recent developments in their jurisdictions. Their testimony impressed us as forthright and heartfelt. It appears that the church is now advising law enforcement of abuse reports more promptly. Internal review processes have been established. Victims are no longer quite as invisible. Is that not also really important to talk about? It, sure it is. is. Uh, you know, sure. It's yeah. important to detail how bad these things were. And these victims deserve to be able to tell their stories. There's no doubt about that. But the impression that someone like Chuck Todd gives you that this is still spinning out of control, that priests are currently still abusing a lot of uh, people, there is no evidence of this. The letter that came out uh, the other day about Pope Francis, so, you know, I'm not a fan of. I mean, I wish you would spend more time on this mm-hmm. problem instead of telling me what I should be driving. Yeah. But even that report, considered, uh, it's, there, there are uh, issues about whether people were punished, and they're still sorting those things out. Uh, in more recent history, but that allegation goes back 40, 50 years. You know, this and they, the report does say that things have changed. And does say that things have changed. I mean, they, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, because that's the main beef right. with the Catholic Church is that nothing's changed after the initial you know, scandal in 2002 from the Boston Globe. And it seems like everybody's putting it on this pontiff that 
hey, how come you're not addressing this? Why? How has this gotten swept under the rug again? Well, it kind of didn't. They have been. Yeah, right? seems, yeah. I mean, they did address it. It didn't get swept under the rug. They have improved. And most of these charges aren't recent. Yeah, we don't the know. The vast majority, apparently. Yeah, the overwhelming majority. Um, you know, I went through probably 200 hmm. allegations, wow. and there's two or three that happened after, you know, the, the, the 2002 scandal. I board. wonder, is that the impression Catholics have? Of this latest scandal, I'd like think to hear so. from Catholics. It certainly isn't the impression. I mean, we haven't heard anything like that from the Vatican. I've been hearing them lament yeah. another yeah. massive scandal, and they're embarrassed by it, and they're they're ashamed of it, and they're disgusted. And they should be disgusted. And, and they it's should just... be. But if this is all from you know the distant past, and they've changed, well, you did what we asked you to do, at least, right? At least you know. Look, we can't rule out. We know that there's a recent allegation against the Pope, uh, which, you know, you've probably heard a little bit about where someone who was accused again to several decades ago uh, was maybe not punished by this Pope mm-hmm. the, the same way that the last Pope punished him. And we don't know all the details of that still. They're still, you know, working that out. Uh, but mm-hmm. it does seem that there's at least, you know, look, there's not you can't say just like any population. You can't say that there's not still issues going on. It does not seem to be systemic like it seemed to be before. Yeah. And one of the ways they talked about this, and I thought was was interesting for our entire society, was the Catholic Church is out of the investigative business. The, what they tried to do for many, many years is when one of these issues would pop up, they tried to investigate it internally. They talked to psychiatrists who would tell them, well, you could probably rehab this person. They'd shift them around to different areas. they do all sorts of different things, trying to act as if they were their own police department. And what they're doing now, when they get these accusations, is turning them over to an actual police department. Mm. And it's so funny to hear the left come out and say, well, the Catholic Church, obviously, they're terrible, they're evil, look at what they're doing. They were trying to uh, litigate these issues internally. It's a rape. It's a child molestation. You can't do that internally. By the way, let's praise universities for litigating rape accusations internally. Let's all mm-hmm. talk about how the rape culture is proved by the, some kangaroo court at Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Let's all act as if that's the appropriate way to do it. It's not. Let's all act about how we should now go in the media and talk about Me Too allegations from many years ago where no one has any evidence or any chance to defend themselves. These things need to be litigated through the legal system, not through your opinion, not through the media, not through any of this, not through the church, not mm-hmm. through the college. You have to bring them to police. Police need to investigate them. Legal uh, outcomes need to be decided based on evidence and truth. You can't just say, uh, try to handle it, you know, treat your friends differently, you know, favor one side over another. That doesn't work. We have a legal system for a reason. And if it's not serious enough to deal with rape accusations, what the hell is it for? You have to be able to go in there and bring these things. And I hope, you know, that when, with the Me Too situation playing itself out, if anything comes out of this, uh, other than the fact mm. that, you know, some people who were absolutely abused are able to tell their stories and everything, we should be encouraging people in these situations to go to authorities at yes. the time. Mm-hmm. Yes. You have to, there's no way to investigate these things without that. You can't get the truth by trying to litigate them 50 years after the events occur it just doesn't work you wind up just people are 
You know, people are going to their memories. They're pulling things out. They think they remember. Sometimes they're true. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes people have agendas. Sometimes they don't. And it's impossible to figure out. You can't just believe everybody, as we've seen over and over and over again. Yeah, you don't have the right to be believed immediately. As we've pointed out with the Me Too movement, you have a right to be taken seriously. And we'll look into it. And and let's get due process going. And let's... Let's at least let the accused have their day in court uh, to to you know present their case because isn't this still America? And it's amazing because this is not the way this current Catholic scandal is being presented it in the sure media. Isn't. It's crazy. This is this is being presented as if it's all new stuff, as if it's all happening all over again. It's really important to know. This is all, these are all almost all old allegations. Pretty amazing. Yeah. Sure is. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. More coming up. It's Pat Stu and Jeffy for Glenn this week. Uh, by the way, you can uh, hear us as well on the News and Why It Matters every day. There's a podcast available too. It's been one of the biggest one, new and noteworthy on Apple for a while now, and it's up uh, pretty high on the charts. <clears throat> It's myself and Pat and Glenn and Doc Thompson, Sarah Gonzalez. It's a really good conversation about you know, the news of the day. You can go there. And you remember, too, you can subscribe to The Blaze, uh, theblaze.com slash TV. If you subscribe there, you can get all the shows. You get all the, you know, there's a lot of extra stuff that we put up there. Every day on the News and Why It Matters, there's an extra segment uh, called the News and Why It Matters Overtime, uh, which is trying to become the longest show title uh, of any show in, in modern history. Yeah. Uh, but, it, you know, it's an extra, you know, 10, 15 minutes of us going over additional things we could Sometimes get to much the longer show. than that. And sometimes it's almost like an hour, it feels <laughs> like. Um, sometimes it's longer than the actual show. Yeah, sometimes it is longer so, than the actual show, which yeah. is good if you're a subscriber. You'll probably yeah, like that. good. Uh, so definitely check that out. We have a great time doing it. We do. I actually like doing that show. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I do too. It it's is. Uh, and, and the other thing is, what's great about it is Jeffy's not there. Right. You know, we and that's so, I'm not allowed yeah. on that show. No. Definitely not. When are you going to come on? How come you're not, come, how come you're not coming know. on? I don't know. I don't you know. You know what? I'm being shadow banned. You're being, <laughs> being shadow banned? I'm shadow banned from News <laughs> Why It Matters. Really? We need to look into that. We I mean, need to look into the Jeffy shadow ban. Not with a lot of effort, though. No. The, the effort. I, well, I just did. I just looked into it. Oh, okay. I, I found nothing to, it. nothing to it. There's no shadow banning going on. We'll look into it. We'll look into it with the same effort that social media puts into conservative complaints about shadow banning. And so it's all over. There's no shadow banning going on. Yeah. So That's good to hear. You can come on anytime you want, Jeffy. Oh, thank you. Yeah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Have you seen that things are so bad in Venezuela in this socialist utopia? And, uh, so it's hard to believe because it is a, so- a socialist utopia. Mm-hmm. We heard about that from, you know, Sean Penn and Danny Glover and all these big time Hollywood celebrities who went down there and loved Chavez and the socialist things going on. They were, they were, everything was great. It's an oil rich com- country. It's a first world nation. They're doing fantastically. Well, things are so bad, they don't even have running water most of the time. Mm. There's an article written by uh, somebody who lives there talking about the fact that when they're lucky, there's a trickle that flows through their apartment building's rickety pipes. He says, uh, when I'm lucky, they deliver as much as 30 straight minutes worth of water. Whoa. That's enough to fill up a 200 or so gallon tank in my kitchen and trigger a celebration. I'll do something crazy and run the water until it gets hot before I jump into the shower, if that happens. 
The tank is hooked up to the building's distribution system, so he doesn't have to be there to collect it. But in the past, he didn't have that, and so you had to be home in order to collect water and have water. So apparently, in Caracas, Venezuela, they go without reliable access to all kinds of basic essentials. Food, water, medicine, and, and toilet paper, toothpaste. They, they don't have these things because it's all dried up. Um, so they don't do their dishes. They don't flush their toilets. They don't take showers. They uh, are in a really really terrible situation where they can't even get the water to run through their pipes in Venezuela. Mm. I don't know how this isn't being talked about more. You know, it's kind of like the situation in, in South Africa where it seems like people just don't know about it. And the people who do know about it just dismiss it, which and, is kind of what's happened in South Africa. And too. what an odd moment for the Democrats to openly embrace democratic socialism right right here's here right. is a giant you know, example of it failing right in front of our eyes one of the worst failures in history mm-hmm. and we're, we seem to be embracing it now uh in this country it's unbelievable uh triple eight seven two seven beck more of the glenn beck program coming up with pat stew and jeffy this is the glenn beck program uh with pat stew and jeffy this week for glenn Triple eight seven two seven, B E C K. Yeah, that uh, clip you played a little earlier uh, from CNN. Burke Baldwin. Uh, yeah, listen to this. Mm-hmm. You know, just I think to watch the president. You know, I saw the flag pictures this morning from the White House, but to to watch the president with President Kenyatta of Kenya, twice. You know, not saying anything about this hero, this lion of a man. <laughs> I'm so, it's despicable. It's despicable. This, hmm. this lion hmm. of a man. How they have, love John McCain. How they love him. They always talked about him. Like when he voted for the surge, it was just, oh, this lion loved, of a man supporting our troops of a man. and, and helping him. turn the Iraq war tide. And when he when he was opposing Barack Obama for president. A lion, lion of a man. man. A you got to vote for this lion of a man. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I'm fascinated by what CNN is attempting here. And, you know, I, I think CNN, there's some good people on there. There's some good reporters there. They do some good things. Name one. Uh, oh, we talked about Jay Tapper many times. Yes, you know, there you go. I, one. I, yeah, there's, 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 there are several. But it, I, I, I would say... Name two. The issue... Is, <laughs> I got to go through all the names because <laughs> they're going to start leaving I people out. That's the problem. Uh, he can't. He can't. He can't, right? The issue I think I would have here uh-huh. uh, with them, generally speaking, is they seem to have turned in the era of Trump to something they're not supposed to be and yeah. like they started this out you know when trump you know because trump says things and he doesn't you know a lot of his supporters say things and sometimes they're not true right i mean we see this from both sides of the aisle all the time yeah but there there are things that are false in our political discourse this is not going to surprise anybody what do you, you want uh, hillary clinton to win is no, that what you're saying no, it's not so what what you're saying you want hillary clinton she's are not you, running i don't know why do you think <laughs> you know we haven't been here in a little while are you a communist no, wow yeah. <laughs> wow <laughs> not saying that at all so uh their response cnn's response to this idea that there's all these fake things out there is to push back and of course obviously they're from the left they're it, saying that trump is lying all the time and all the trump supporters are lying all the time and i was talking about this yesterday CNN was headed in a different direction. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, they were. They, they were. were headed in a pretty good direction yes. for a while. And then all of a sudden, they did this U-turn and went 
further left than MSNBC. Now, all of a sudden, they've taken the MSNBC position and and have to oppose everything yeah. on the right, and certainly everything about Donald Trump. They, yeah, they came down with the, with the derangement syndrome, for sure. They did. I don't know. It really, yeah, it they really did. has, I think, honestly changed the fabric of the company um, in, in many did. ways. Yeah, they did. And I don't know if MSNBC is less left or more left than CNN. I think they've it's largely been now. swallowed up. Like CNN has yeah. been making so much news about these opinions because they present themselves as objective. Where MSNBC, I mean, I know just like yeah, Fox we've says, fair and balanced. We all is. know they're not they're, they're not yeah. objective on a lot of these things. They they both you know Fox comes from the right and MSNBC comes from the left, and we can handle that. CNN makes a big deal about how balanced they are, and they keep coming out so far left. And here, mm-hmm. I, let me illustrate this. You remember this big ad campaign they did after Trump uh, got into office about the apples and the bananas. Listen to their first right. the, the first spot, and obviously there's a lot to criticize about CNN because they don't hit this standard that often, seemingly. But listen to this uh, commercial. This is the first one from the Apple's campaign. This is an apple. Some people might try to tell you that it's a banana. They might scream banana, banana, banana over and over and over again. They might put banana in all caps. You might even start to believe that this is a banana. But it's not. This is an apple. Okay. So, conservatives made fun of that ad and criticized it a lot because they don't hit that standard often enough. Right? right. The idea that something is a fact and it's a fact and you can't change it. Even if you tell me something else is true, we know what a f- the fact is. The truth really exists. Right. And that is something I think, uh, while I don't think CNN hits it as often as I'd like, is actually what CNN should be doing. That is actually a good ad as oh, yeah. to the point of what they should if be they shooting for, yeah, right? Absolutely. Like, we, they should be saying, hey, here's what really happened. Here's the truth. Let me tell you about it, and it is, without agenda. It's actually kind of what they once were. And that's kind of what they once were. In the, in the, the 80s standard. and 90s, that's what CNN was. And even was, the early 2000s. Yeah. You know, the, even, I don't know, until just a few years ago, they were closer to that ideal. Right. I think they at least... They're certainly a left-leaning network. There's no doubt about it, as almost all the mainstream media is. But nowhere near what they are today. Nowhere near. So so let me make the case that this second commercial is where they've gone wrong. Mm -hmm. Because the first commercial, again, this is them trying to tell you how wonderful they are and how great their coverage is. They first say that we always tell you an apple is an apple, no matter what. If someone else tells you a banana, we're going to tell you it's an apple. But listen to this next ad. It was a follow-up ad that got a lot less attention. And this is where I think CNN has really gone wrong. Is this what CNN should be doing? Listen. This is an apple. And 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 when you put them all together, you've got a case. Now, they have a case of apples on the screen, obviously, if you're listening. There's a bunch of apples, and they've made made a case. Is it CNN's job to make a case about the news? That lawyers take facts and turn them into cases. Talk right. show hosts do it all the time. Like we, we, yeah. we will constantly go back and say, hey, here's what Barack Obama did. This is why we believe this about Barack Obama. 
We build cases. Opinion people build cases. Right. Why is a news organization trying to build a case against somebody? That is not what they should be doing. It's actually the complete opposite. They should be putting the facts out there and letting listeners decide for themselves. Right. They're not. This is they. They're acting as if they're prosecuting attorneys in these cases. That's not what they're supposed to be doing. They're supposed to be laying out the facts and letting people decide for themselves. And I think they think their job is here are all the things that we think are bad about Donald Trump. And here's our case. So you should agree with us that Donald Trump is bad. And that is, I think, the absolute opposite of what a news organization is supposed to do that is fair Mm -hmm. and right down the middle. You see this from their hosts all the time. They'll be like, you know, Donald Trump will come out and and say something about, uh, you know, whatever. uh, He'll 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 misspell something on Twitter and they will go through for 10 minutes and review to you. All the other times he's misspelled things on Twitter. Now, that doesn't, they're not saying anything false. He did misspell things on Twitter, right? I'm just mm-hmm. using a dumb example. But they, they're trying to get you to believe that he's an idiot. You see this all the time with, you know, when they go through someone, there's a new a corruption scandal or, or there's a new uh, scandal that comes out where that looks bad for the president. They'll build the case that the White House is in constant turmoil by listing all of the past accusations and all the other things that may or may not have been true or proven out. They'll, with McCain, they'll list all the other times they've had problems and all the other times they perceive him as being a jerk to McCain to prove that he's being a jerk to McCain this time. That you shouldn't be trying to prove that he's being a jerk to McCain. You shouldn't be trying to prove he's despicable to McCain, as she said. You should just be laying out the facts and let people decide themselves okay. if they think it's despicable. That's yeah. not your role. It's for opinion people to to yeah. lay out a case. And supposedly CNN's a, a down-the-middle news organization. But they're not now. Not right now, they're, they're not. They're not. No. Not right now, they're not. And, and look, you can like Trump or not like Trump. But mm-hmm. you should still want him to be treated fairly. You should still want him to mm-hmm. be treated, uh, you know, with the respect of a president, but also just factually. You can report when there's these reports that come out and these newspapers, you might not like them as a Trump fan, but it's OK for them to report on those things and then try to get to the bottom of them. But don't try to build a case against the guy. That's not your job. And I feel like that is really where they've gone seriously awry because you're right, Pat. You When you went when you listen to their coverage before before the election really heated up you get some good things and you get some bad things mm-hmm. you'd get some stuff where they mm-hmm. they took on uh, you know the left you'd get i mean they did a lot of reporting that was critical of hillary clinton uh before uh the election and you know some in the election there's some of it but as trump had i don't think they ever thought trump was going to win and the, from the second that he actually won it seems to turn non-stop. the organization yeah. inside out. Yeah. Well, they've already decided, right? I mean, that's that's part of the problem is that they've decided that we're supposed to hate him because they do, and we're going to show you all this stuff that will make you hate him because this is the stuff that makes us hate him. Yeah, and you shouldn't yeah. know that a news organization hates anybody. No, there should be there should be no sign of that. There should be objective reporting, and then listeners decide. Are they, are they, if they're going to hate him or they're going to love him or they're going to be somewhere in between. That's the way news works is you just present the facts and leave it alone. Yeah, and I, and I think unlike the normal reaction to this where I think ra- like ratings, I think, for Fox and MSNBC drive some of these decisions where people want opinion. They want mm-hmm. the case made. They want these things to happen because it makes them feel good the or whatever. But they want that from the people who don't pretend 
to be just journalists. Right. You know, like I, I was, I, I saw an article that uh, uh, somebody said that Sean Hannity's, he called into question whether he's a journalist. And then there uh-huh. was a big to-do about Sean Hannity's not a journalist. You're calling him not a journalist. And Sean Hannity came out and said, of course I'm, I'm not a journalist. journalist. <laughs> I'm, an, I'm an opinion person. It's the nice same thing job. that Glenn and I and you and you it. have all good. said. We're not journalists. We don't pretend to be, though. When you have somebody who's pretending to be a journalist and supposedly down the middle and just presenting you with facts, that's where the deceit comes in. Because when you have a Chris Cuomo who claims to be a journalist mm-hmm. presenting you with opinion, well, uh, that's deception. Cuomo is a great example of this because he is, his background is as an attorney. <clears throat> yep. Uh, and he thinks, you even hear it on the other side with him at times. He will, he, he thinks he's an attorney making a case against whoever, whatever guest he, he has on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And obviously yeah, 90% of them, he, you know, are, are going to be on the right and he goes crazy on them. Uh, he, but he'll even do it occasionally on the left. He thinks of himself, I think, as, as a guy just prosecuting a case on the air. And that's not a good, that's not a good look no, for not. a news organization. No. And tell me what's actually happening. Give me the news. Mm-hmm. Take your emotion. I mean, calling the president of the United States despicable on the air from a news organization is not even close to the line. It's terrible. Right? I mean, yeah. it's... Now, we... Us calling the President of the United States despicable is not. I mean, it's you. It's our opinion, and that's why mm-hmm. people come to the show. If mm-hmm. they don't... If they're going to CNN for opinion, then be honest about it. Stop doing your apples and bananas ads. <laughs> yes. Because you can do that. I <laughs> right. mean, MSNBC's doing it. Right? They have Rachel Maddow's out there. She's not making... She's not hiding the fact that she can't stand the President. She's super liberal. And she's making that case every night. Mm-hmm. The case of why mm-hmm. Russia is there was collusion in Russia. You can tune on, tune into Rachel Maddow, and she will make that case for you every, on a nightly basis. But that is not supposed to be CNN's job. And I don't know what I don't know. Yeah, yeah they lost I, their way. They really seem like they did. Yeah, triple eight seven two seven B E C K. Pat, Stu, and Jeffy for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. It's Pat, Stu, and Jeffy for Glenn. Triple eight. 727-B-E-C-K. And in just a few minutes, uh, you can s- hope you stick around for uh, Pat Gray Unleashed. Immediately following this program on the Blaze Radio and TV uh, networks. Um, so this, uh, this really strange development about the Catholic Church scandal, the latest one, uh, something we haven't been hearing from anybody, including hierarchy of the Catholic Church, which really is kind of surprising to me because these are virtually all old allegations that happened prior to even the last big scandal. Mm-hmm. It's basically a, an accounting of that last big scandal uh, from 2002. It's all the cases mm. up 70 years before 2002. How is it we're not how is it that we're not aware of that? I don't know. I mean Chuck Todd certainly didn't seem aware of it when no, he was he didn't. Uh, railing about how it was happening in 2018. Yeah. And completely not, I mean, he had no understanding of the story as he was telling it. Uh, and we played a bunch of clips of, that either people didn't know that they were old accusations or they were intentionally wording things in a way that you should probably, that most people would take it as if it was a new allegation. Yeah. You know, they, they, you kind of, if you leave out that detail or you say it's just over a long period of time, it makes it feel like, okay, well, it's, it's that whole other thing we talked about and continuing into the present. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't and they still haven't dealt with any of it. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't necessarily seem to be true. 
they're talking now about this this latest letter that comes and, and they want Pope Francis to resign over. Uh, and again, I, I would not say I'm a fan of, of the way Pope Francis has uh, dealt with many things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the you know they're trying to push back now and saying, you know, what what uh, what what has been accused here is potentially disturbing. However, it will, they were not kids, and uh, it does not seem you know, their argument is that it was not an unwilling thing. Now, if you're a priest, you're not supposed to be having sex with anybody. Uh, so uh, any problem like that, if you're just hooking up with parishioners, that's a really bad thing. It's not. It's but it's different than the the scandal as we've understood it. In then certainly as well pedophilia. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Which is how we look at this mm-hmm. as as pedophilia. But they're saying these are willing participants and women. That is the that is the claim. Uh, like eighteen year old mm-hmm. plus right. girls. But again, and I mean, that's against mm. the rules of the Catholic Church. Yes, but that's a different issue. But it's a different issue. So we'll huh. see. We'll see how it plays out. Now, some of these accusations are very old as well. Um, we may hear new ones that come up. But it's important to have. It's an important distinction, I think, especially for Catholics who you know might be questioning this you know, thing that they you know believe so strongly. Boy, in. no kidding. Yeah, uh, and a lot of them are. Yeah, yeah. It's, All right, we'll we'll uh, see you tomorrow. Right back here, filling in for Glenn. Glenn Beck Mercury